Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Pedo. And also... Me, Aaron, a boy it, from the internet. A, a boy from the internet. Aaron, welcome <laughs> back. Now you're a two-timer on the show. You're Thank almost, you. Uh, you're almost up there with Tobias Whalen. Not yet. Yeah, badge that. of honor, man. I'm putting that on my resume. Or <laughs> satin jackets. When you hit five times, you get a satin jacket. Ooh, club. I want that jacket. <laughs> Keep it relevant. It's, it'll be yours. Exactly. <laughs> Come out with new stuff. Oh my goodness! Well, super glad to have you. I'm excited Thank about you. the topic. I know what it is. Um, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. So thank it was, you. It was great. And and you're like two timing. Well, two timing is not the right word. You, you doubled up. You just came. <laughs> you're coming off the high of your own high. You know the uh, strange conversation. Yeah. On Instagram. So um, it's good energy. Well, yeah, it always feeling is. good. It's it's. I did the interviewing. Now I get to be interviewed, which is much easier. So I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy part. Pato, uh, how was your weekend? My weekend was. Uh, was pretty cool. I went to the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, Ooh. West Virginia, with you. We 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 ran into each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it was uh, not what I was expecting at all. It was it was the like I was explaining to my wife, and she thought that I was bullshitting. It was kind of it was like Lollapalooza. It was probably at least a hundred thousand people and that's what i heard i heard there were like a hundred thousand people dude it was insane and it was a total a totally very 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 small town it was it was comparable to Lollapalooza if you look at like this like logistically like the size of the facility versus the amount of people like it, it was probably about a third of it but it was that that packed um man i lasted four hours on saturday and that was it (laughs) <laughs> it was that yeah. I, I caught my limit and we did the Mothman Museum went with my son. We did the Mothman Museum. Uh, we wandered around. We uh, saw a bunch of guests from the show. It was kind of like a, uh, a best of mixtape. Um, saw the Mystic Novelty Company people. Saw Lyle Blackburn. I don't think he knew who I was. Um, <laughs> saw Dylan Jacobson, who is we never actually had on the show, but he's uh, a guy that I've been uh, we talk online about stuff. Um, Heather Mosier, who's even smaller and more beautiful in person, uh, their tent was right up against the uh, the line for the Mothman Museum. So, like, while you're waiting in line, which I did because my kid wanted to go in there. So, we waited in that hour-long line to get in the Mothman Museum for, like, fucking 15 minutes. Then <laughs> back out onto the street to spend more money. Um, if you look at pictures from the Mothman Festival and you see all the vendors smiling that is because they just got bumped up into the next tax bracket. Uh, they made so much fucking money at that thing. I, I got to say, this year was probably like Woodstock 94, where Point Pleasant like kind of fumbled how much money they could have made. Unfortunately, that means like next year is going to be like Woodstock 99, and Fred Durst is going to show up, and that place is going to go up in flames. People are going to just. Up. I just watched that documentary on Netflix about yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, next year will be $4 bottles of water, $50 parking spaces. <laughs> um, seriously, like vendors, like just the vendor, uh, whatever these people paid for tents this year is going to be fucking triple, if not more next year. Oh, yeah. Because wow. there was so much people there. Like you could have sold anything. Um, Asher's, I'll let you give your your hot take on it, but uh, it was it was not what I it, from. I've done two of these conventions so far, and I knew this was an outdoor thing. I knew it was going to be a little bit bigger. I was not prepared prepared for this at all. No, <laughs> I don't think you were. I I was not prepared for this. Um, <laughs> it was record breaking numbers. Um, it was absolutely insane. So we showed up, and we didn't get there. Ann and I, we didn't get there till like 
noon it's like close to noon by the time we got in which was fine no big deal we we didn't stay friday night so we drove in from dayton saturday morning and mm-hmm. uh i got in about noon which we figured out okay whatever um and it, it was fucking crazy i mean it was really absolutely insane and and i mean we show up and um we had a home base with um Eerie Eric and Creepy Carrie. Like that was where <laughs> that was where we were gonna hang out all day, you know. Good people go to link up with, yes. Just somewhere to hang out, right? I and mean, that's a good thing about when when you're not vending a festival when you're friends with all these people, is that you can just go fucking hang out at their tents. Like you can get away from the hot and the people and the things and just go back behind their tent and hang out. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. But, you know, so we I, we hung out there, but you know, we show up there and um Eric and Carrie were telling us, well, you know they told us yesterday that we could set up last night just so that way we're ready to go on saturday and they said that they did that and they almost sold out of shit friday night yeah because so many people were there and friday is not the festival day now they did have like a i was kickoff gonna say event. it's saturday and sunday right it was saturday and sunday yeah but they wow. did do like a kickoff event but the friday attendance was more like a regular moth band festival and the Saturday attendance was like wall to wall people. You could not walk at certain points in time, like at, during the day. Like you could not get through the sea of people. <laughs> That's wonderful. It, it, you know, it was. It was great for everybody just because they hadn't had it since 2019. Um, you know, so the, the comeback was really, I mean, it was a big comeback. I don't think it's going to be like that at all in years going forward. I just think that, you know, again, the advertising for it was so big. People were excited to finally go because they couldn't um but i don't think it's going to be as crazy the you know the following year so well it, it, it you don't know i mean was that the peak or was that the because there was no because it was like a two-year dead spot and then there was that now where do they go from here is this is the new point, standard yeah yeah is point pleasant going to choke it because they're going to realize oh my god we could have charged so much more like we we like park just think about parking we got real lucky i made one lap through the town couldn't find parking anywhere and i got there at like 10:05 and the thing starts at 10 like we wow. were there and it was it, and there was a line like you couldn't even drive into town traffic stopped when you were on that bridge getting into town which was fucking scary and um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you're like you have like it's like, it's like stop and go traffic from like half the bridge coming in wow. and then like when we were leaving traffic was backed up all the way across the bridge there was people parked on the side of the expressway and just walking there like they were going to oh, fucking yeah. woodstock like wow. and that's the thing is that if it gets bigger than that i don't know i don't know how the infrastructure is going to handle it i think they were very lucky that like i saw one cop the whole fucking time <laughs> i saw one fucking cop uh, everybody was, i saw more people I, I legitimately saw more people dressed up like garfield of all things than i saw fucking police officers at this thing so like but i don't i don't think there was any issues i mean i think it was it was no. pretty like cool um but you just got to wonder where does it go from here does it do they real like so when i got in there they had i i paid 20 dollars to park uh and this like this like aluminum siding business like some little business that had like four parking spots in front of their store was just waving people over 20 dollars to park 20 dollars to park and me and like three other people just right there and we got it i don't know what and this was after i drove all the way through the town once already trying to find parking and there was none Wow. So you had every business selling its lot for uh for like parking spaces. If you didn't do that, because I know Astros, you and Ann did the same thing. I don't know what the fuck you were gonna do because there was no free parking. 
But luckily, it did seem like people were kind of coming and going. Like, that was the other thing, too, is that it's not like people were hanging out there for the most part all day. Like, you, I think people would kind of come for an hour or two and leave, and then more people would come in. So maybe that's how the parking situation was a little wow. bit alleviated, but I mean, we pretty much parked right where the statue was. I mean, ba- you, I mean, you couldn't because it was blocked off, but like right there, there's a bank and it was twenty dollars parking, and yeah, we fucking paid it because it was right there where we'd be hanging out. So <laughs> that's right. really encouraging, though, especially after the two year you know hiatus, quote unquote. Yes. Like it's nice. I, I think it's really nice that that many people turned out. That's encouraging. It, it's it's very much alive and well. Um, you know, but as far as the details of the festival, I mean, eventually it did calm down. Sunday was way easier. Sunday was like the day to just kind of chill just kind of enjoy but it was kind of a lot like um you know aaron you were at cryptid con it was kind of like cryptid con mm-hmm. that first day was just very overwhelming and fast mm-hmm. and it was, you know it was it started and it was over and that was that <laughs> yeah and the second day you're just like where am i yeah <laughs> how did i okay yeah yesterday okay all right I i've been drinking I since i got here i, I don't know what's going on anymore yeah <laughs> i've driven 24 hours and i've had way too much alcohol but i'm here <laughs> you know so it was that's that you know that's that's how sunday was you know but it um but it was still fun i mean it was better because sunday you kind of had more time um but you know as far as the event itself i only got to listen to one person speak um just because you couldn't get into the speaker you know they ended up they were gonna usually every year they have the speakers at the state theater but someone has bought the state theater and i don't know why they didn't have the speakers there but they did not um which is businessman or businesswoman well i i don't know they could be doing renovations on it you know and maybe they found something it's unsafe i don't know um Mm. because i know if you go in a state theater if you open that door the first thing you notice is that the 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 heavy stench of mold hits you (laughs) in the face Ah. so who knows um and then there's no air conditioning in there so and it was fucking hot um and it always is because it's in september so they have the speakers and then they were going to have them at they have this river museum that's not open yet it has been closed for a very long time but they're also renovating it and they were going to have the speakers there but then that didn't happen also <laughs> so they had them in the like the spare building right beside the the museum um but it wasn't very big and you know it was very much thrown together which is fine they did what they could um but you couldn't get into i mean you had to stand in the line to wait to listen to these people talk and i was just like I mean, really, if, if I have any questions or want to hear so-and-so talk about such-and-such, such, I'll just ask them. <laughs> I'll just shoot them an email. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have a phone number. I'll give them a call. You Maybe know, a text message, yeah. Right. You know, it wasn't a big deal. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to hear Lyle speak. Well, I couldn't because it was, it was packed. I did get to hear Ken speak, um, mm. you know, which was good and interesting or whatever. But, like, as I'm sitting there, I had my adult beverage and i'm like sipping on it and sipping on it and then i'm sitting there and i'm getting drunker and drunker and i'm like i can't just sit here in a room with all these people so i i opted to then not listen to anybody else talk for the rest of the day which is good but um yeah i mean i got to meet people that i hadn't met before um which is rare nowadays right i've almost met all of you but you know there were were some people on the list um of course lyle and ken and nick redfern um you know they're all from texas and they all drove together they all drove up together you know are you serious they rode up there together yeah they did that's so cool (laughs) you got you guys know what a big nick redfern fanboy i am that's so cool sorry please continue well he's so like lyle and ken i kind of have a rapport with right from just you know being friends on the internet you know uh we had lyle on the show i've I've asked ken many questions about just being a cryptozoologist and what to expect Mm -hmm. um 
you know, but Nick Redfern, I've never spoken to ever. Um, so this was a first. So it, it was kind of a, it was the weirdest. It, it was weird. <laughs> Talking to him was weird. You know, my excuse, I had heard Jeff, Jeff Craig had come on the show and he had said that he was like introducing himself to somebody and he just went up to them and was like, hey, I'm Jeff Craig, Map and Black. Just wanted to meet you. And I was like, oh, that's a great excuse to talk to somebody. I just wanted to meet you. You know, as silly as yeah. it sounds. I never know what to say to people when I meet them and have never talked to them before. And they don't know who I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Fred Lane, who's the MUFON director of Pennsylvania. Fred loves my ass. All right. Me and Fred, are, we're, we're cool. Fred Lane had sent me a message before Mothman Festival and said, hey, when you see Nick Redfern, go give him a hug for me and Kathy, his wife. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I was like, good. Now I have an excuse, right, to talk to Nick. <laughs> so so I go up to him and, um, you know, I, I and it was kind of weird just how the whole day went. I didn't actually get to say hi to everybody until like six o'clock that night. Wow. Just because it was it was fucking slammed. Some of these people like Lyle. I didn't want to go meet Lyle while he's backed up with all these people you know I, I, he was gonna do his thing that's fine i'll hit you when you're done you know ken same deal so i kind of met them all in like chunks um but nick you know he his, his table is empty i go up to him and you know i tell him hey you know my name's ashley hilt fred lane said this and this and this told me to hug you know give you a hug i said but i didn't want to come up and just hug you because i'd be we don't know each other <laughs> and <laughs> he fucking had no idea what i was talking about and I, <laughs> I mean this man was so goddamn confused by what i was saying it just not, i swear to god it was like i was speaking another language to him he just because I, I, I don't even think it was like he didn't know who fred lane was or whatever because i even explained that i was like fred lane the mufon director from pennsylvania <laughs> the state director <laughs> you know i was like going into deep, he had no fucking idea and i was like okay all right well that was very awkward i'm like okay well let me buy a book from you i'm looking at his table i'm like well, you know he had all of these books and nick redfern's written a fuck ton of books right i have more nick redfern books than any other author and you've seen my book collection yeah because he's like probably he's not number one the number one fucking author in this community is george dudding that man has written about every fucking thing and then i think nick redfern is number two as far as amount of books written <laughs> so you know which he, book did you pick up well okay so hold on so this is where it gets weird because i wanted okay. one of his <laughs> men in black books right because he's like the only person that does men in black nowadays yeah you know and i didn't see him like i just kind of immediately scanned i'm already like nervous my anxiety is starting to kick in I'm, I'm drunk and i kind of scanned the table i didn't really see anything that looked like it has said men in black and i was like well, what book do you recommend because i just i'm spoiled i want authors to sign the book for me like that's that's how i buy books now i won't buy it unless it's signed and um <laughs> he starts pointing to this roswell book and he's like well that one's about roswell and i'm like okay do you have anything about the men in black then he points to another book he was like well that one's about roswell uh, and then it dawned on me nick redfern has a table full of books none of them are his he was selling oh. like used books from other authors interesting <laughs> it's like okay which that's fine like i get it you know you read that one already you're done with it okay do what you do but he had no books that were his and i don't know if it, maybe he ran out i, I don't know see um, as a book collector that actually sounds amazing to me like i would love to buy some random volume and have nick sign it even though he didn't write it i don't care <laughs> <laughs> nick redford signed this one but it's you no know, i you know operation <laughs> trojan <laughs> it's just whatever anyway it was it was weird and then somebody else came up and was like trying to buy a book from him and i was like okay I'm, and i just walked away 
Um, like, did you point, tell him that I love him? So I did not because oh. there's a part two to the Nick Redfern story. <laughs> you know, but again, okay, so the book thing was weird, but maybe he sold out. Um, by that time, I had talked to Lyle. Lyle came and hunted me down, and um, he had sold out all his hot sauce, and he didn't have anything left either. Actually, he had um, Small Town Monsters DVDs on his table. And he said, I had to go and buy these from Seth just so I had something to put on my table. What? I <laughs> it's all gone. And that was like four o'clock <laughs> on Saturday. So wow. it was crazy. So later on, things are kind of winding down. Uh, Nick and Ken and Lyle are packing up a little early and, you know, they're leaving. And I'm like kind of walking around and Nick like chases me down like comes and chases me down and and apologizes he's like hey i'm sorry about earlier and you know it was just I, I, he's like i didn't really know what you were saying and i'm like okay i was like well what i was saying was and i told him again fred lane the mufon director in pennsylvania <laughs> wanted me to give you a hug from him and his wife kathy and i think i'm not kidding i think he still did not understand what i was saying so he just hugged me <laughs> And then I tried to talk to him a little bit. And I'm like, okay, all right, let me talk to him about something he knows about. So I started kind of talking to him about the Men in Black. I'm like, I think that's great that you do Men in Black stuff. I'm trying to do Men in Black stuff because nobody does it anymore. And I really wanted to get one of your Men in Black books. And then he just didn't respond to that. I don't know what the hell he said, but he didn't respond to that. He just totally talked about, I don't know. Listen, it was a long day. Maybe the guy was tired and hot. Maybe he was drunk also. But... <laughs> just a weird possibility yeah it was the weirdest exchange and i went and i told people about it and i was like i met have you i'm like have, hey have you have any of you talked to nick redburn and you know some people were like no i didn't but the people that had they're like oh yeah he's weird <laughs> <laughs> man i'm i'm jealous af though because like, i love him for it i've been a i've been a mr redburn fan for a long time we actually I, became acquainted recently small town monsters put us in contact and we've been oh, good. emailing yeah yeah, well, we're pe pending an interview. Mm -hmm. Just go with the flow of his choice of words. Is my <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he, listen, he was a real nice guy to come back up and approach me and apologize for the miscommunication earlier. Seems really nice. I gave him my card. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk again and uh, <laughs> it won't be so crazy. But but yeah, so I mean, the festival itself was great. Um, there was a fan of the show that came all the way up from Florida specifically just to see me not just for the mothman wow. festival but just me, yeah. are, you, are you fucking serious oh yeah dead serious yeah. wait just you not pat sorry pat name's no, it was a florida man i already know how this one turns it was a florida out. man okay yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well okay so me and ann show up and within 10 minutes here comes pat and then he leaves so i mean <laughs> pat wasn't there <laughs> but yeah he came all the way stick up and move. Stick, stick and move, and move. <laughs> you know he had a, i feel bad he offered to pay me to give him a tour at the tnt area um i just i was i didn't even make it out to the tnt area it was just it was crazy but if you come back <laughs> and it's not mothman festival weekend maybe we can work something out um yeah that's what i was telling mothman 46 i would i would definitely go back in the off season you have to and i would like to uh do that area more but uh that that was not the weekend to do it not at all no, I've, no I've been to Point Pleasant um, at two in the morning when there was absolutely nobody there. So like the scene you're describing, I, I, I can't really imagine it filled. Like, with I people. just can't, you know, and then and, and people post the pictures on social media, you know, with the sea of people. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, it's, it was, it's out you there. Know what, though, I, I, I thought it was very cool because it was, um, you could tell it was just every, like when we were in the line for the Mothman Museum, the people behind us were from New York. Like it was, it was every weirdo from the immediate area went there. And then it was every weirdo from like even further out. Like there was still magnetism that drew people in. And, um, I think anything that does that is like builds is community building and brings people together like that in a positive way is awesome. You know, there was, we saw, uh, I saw one couple, uh, it was a couple, it was two like really butch looking dudes walking around holding hands. And I thought like, we're in West Virginia. They probably can't do that too many places. You know what I mean? Not to be like, you know, to say like, Oh, West Virginia, they're all homophobic. No, but like it's the fucking South, you know what I mean? Certain parts of the country have prominent, attitudes you know yeah and it was like it was like wow like i i I, it made me think of like how in england in the in the mid-70s how the punk scene really grew at gay bars because that was the only place where they could go and be weird punk rock people and not be judged right Mm -hmm. and that that the 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 uh, alternative community and the gay community they, and alternative music and all this stuff it all just kind of they, they gravitate towards each other even though it's not it, it's not apples for apples you know what i mean being an outsider is still being an outsider and yeah we recognize our own and i did get a big sense of that like you're talking about that many people at point pleasant in point pleasant virginia west virginia for the mothman festival they're not all like cryptid fans <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> a lot of them were just like weird people that live in the country that had like no other this is their chance to go be around other like there was a lot of goth kids it was a lot of just like you know whatever man it was a lot of people cosplaying garfield for some fucking reason i still can't (laughs) figure that out and you know i think it was it's beautiful to see that many like-minded people get together i'm not saying it i don't want to equate it exactly with the pride parade but it was it had that vibe to it kind of and, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Garfield because I watched a couple live streams from people that were at the festival and I saw no fewer than two Garfields in no, that yes. very brief amount of time. This, this, yeah. is, this is not hyperbole. This is not a bit that I'm doing. I don't know what it was about Garfield, but if it, it, I tried to ask him my kid and, and he was like, well, there's this internet thing where they take Garfield out of comics and they make it look really dark. Like John's insane or something. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's like. And I like to think thing. I'm hip. Maybe I'm we're, we're old, you guys. We're yeah. old people. Well, I mean, it. You know, I I agree with that. It gives people a place. Mothman's kind of a meme now. The reason why Mothman got so big is because of Fallout seventy six. That's why. Oh, and there there is yeah. nothing fucking hotter than seeing chicks walk around in fucking Vault Tech jumpsuits. That was that was definitely like the high point of the weekend for me. Mm. Was was these chicks in these homemade Voltec jumpsuits and I would I yeah that was there's certain cosplays that just yeah. like did you fall in love a few times you know like when when chicks dress up like Jubilee from the X Men like it's just like oh you know yeah and, uh, yeah the the Voltec thing really does it I love I love the the Fallout thing like and I know that it's a little part of it now um yeah which is which is really cool yeah so I mean I, that was you know the majority but you know the I think the best cosplay I saw was a Krampus someone's Krampus but. He actually fucking had a child in chains that he was walking around with. Oh my god! <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Are you allowed to do that? Is that? <laughs> hey man, if it's your kid, fuck it. Who's gonna tell you no? Like Homer Simpson, they're my kids. I own them. <laughs> yeah, he had a child in chains. It was great. 
<laughs> you know, who knows? I don't know what the deal was there, but it, it was fucking awesome. Uh, plenty of people. There's a xenomorph. I mean, a full on, straight up, a xenomorph was there at the market. It was how cool. fucking hot were they? Like Dying. Jesus, yeah. Fucking, they probably left and went to the emergency room for heat stroke because it was fucking hot. I, I want to call out <laughs> one, one author that I discovered at uh, at the festival right next to. So I'd stop by the Mystic Novelty Company tent to um pick up they were selling like cryptid eyeshadow and i, I got a got a, a palette of it for my yeah, daughter they just they just released that yeah yeah so i got my daughter's birthday's coming up so i got her one and i was putting the shit in my backpack and um i look over and i see this lady selling stuff behind like, like a card table like didn't have a booth just had like a card table set up with some books on it and i did like a triple take i kept looking back at her and i'm like okay something's telling me to go talk to this person so i walk over and i'm like hi and she had a stack of books, and I said, did you write these? And she said, yeah, it's about uh, an encounter me and my husband had with the Mothman uh, prior to the uh, the Point Pleasant flap. And I was like, huh. And I looked at her book, and it was called uh, <laughs> The Thing, Mothman, Devil, or Spirit. And I was like, I will take one. And uh, she gave me a free piece of candy and a chick track. And I don't Ooh. know if you guys know what chick tracks are. I do. Yes. I okay. Do. I was raised okay. Southern Baptist, my friend. Oh. I know very well. <laughs> I know very well what those are. So as soon as I saw her have a stack of those, I'm like, oh, lady, I'm, I want to hear what you have to say. So uh, I bought her book, and she was very nice. And I, I went home, and it, Patricia Gray and her haunting memoir, memoir, The Thing, Mothman, Devil, or Spirit. And I blew through the fucking thing, like, in the hotel room that night. Uh, well, I, half of it I read that night, and the other half I read last night. But uh, it basically, she, uh, her her husband was a preacher. They were from Point Pleasant. Early 60s, years before the, the Silver Bridge and all that stuff, she, uh, they had an experience one night with the Mothman in their house. Well, this creature, that at the time, they didn't know how really to describe it, but it fit the Mothman's description. And... Um, Years later, they would go to be missionaries in Papua New Guinea and had lots of different paranormal experiences living with those tribes where there was different entities that that, that would uh, like wreak havoc on the tribe and that kind of fit the Mothman description. And then at the end, she ties it all into the Judeo concept Christian, uh, Judeo Christian concept of the devil and everything. And like, you know, it's it's very uh, chick track isk. Like you get why you're getting both of them at the same time. But um, it was totally interesting to read. And I was like, well, at least there's, you know, I'm here to take in new, uh, new ideas. And, you know, so it was, it was cool. I I appreciate running her. Patricia Gray, look her up on, uh, I'm sure she's selling that shit on Amazon. It was one of those like Amazon printed books. You know what I mean? I was about to ask, can I order it? Because I'm suddenly like captivated by this. (laughs) I'm sure because I looked at, it's like, you could tell the books that are just like someone uploaded a Word doc into Amazon and then it craps out a book. Like that's what this is. Um, So that was, uh, it's definitely worth reading. It's only 160 pages. The other thing that I got suckered into is that MetaZoo shit. Are you guys familiar with that? It's oh, like yeah. Pokemon Magic yeah. the Gathering of cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it yeah. was the best of times. So that's what I spent the rest of my Saturday and Sunday doing. was spent playing MetaZoo in the hotel room with my fucking kid. And like, I 
I won't go on a whole big gaming rant about it, but it's like if you took the worst aspects of Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, as far as the rules go, the the concept, like the IP is great. Like I love the fact that like you have men in black cards and you have folk cards and all these different cryptids and myth- mythological creatures and stuff. All that stuff is awesome. But just the way that it like the gameplay itself is like kind of kind of wonky. But uh I have opinions about MetaZoo, which I'll keep to myself. Yes. <laughs> Why are we not? Are we not allowed to talk shit about how everything's fucking trample and you have a thousand hit points? Like Jesus Christ! Well, like, like Magic the Gathering, you have twenty hit points, right? Okay, twenty hit points. The game's over. You can play like a game. It's like a half hour, forty five minutes. Like you play a game in MetaZoo, it's like a fucking three hour ordeal. Hmm. I mean, right, I don't I'm know anything about that. But. <laughs> See, you can play a game of Pokemon cards and you can pick your number of prizes. So it can be a long engagement or a shorter engagement. So, you know, I see what you're saying there. If you're committed for three hours, that's that's tough. That's tough. Well, and then because you have a thousand hit points, you have to use it's like it's it's, it's so ingenious in the way they do it. You need like more cards like you can't have like a 40 card deck. If you're trying to do a thousand hit points worth of damage, you're going to need to have like twice as many cards as you normally would in a, in like a, in a Magic the Gathering deck. I'm using I never really played Pokemon that much. My kid did when he was younger. I played Magic the Gathering. Like I was like the first. I'm that old. I'm like when Magic came out, I was in high school. Um, so I don't know. It was I was frustrated. We were constantly looking up rules. Because like I'm like that's not how you play it in Magic. Well, we're not playing Magic now. We're doing no, fucking Magic. Doesn't matter. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you should have just played it with Magic rules. I don't know. I um, tried to. My kid was like, "Nah." He watched a YouTube video. I was taking it up, so he knew he knew all the the things. The flying big... mechanic is different. Like usually in Magic, when you do flying, you just sort over the other guys, and you can only get hit by another creature that has flying. That doesn't work. The hit points don't refresh after every round so you have to keep you have like seven monsters on the field and they all have like this one has 15 damage this one has 35 damage this one has 20 you have to remember how much hit points everyone has like you need like a secretary like it takes three people to play that game like with two players and then someone to take notes the whole time and well, uh, it's a big it's a big thing um, I, can, I can see why though like i said i like the ip i like the i like the cards and stuff it's like it's, it's a great concept it's more yeah. about that yeah it's more about the cards it's more about collecting i have a very super first edition metazoo pack that i won in a contest and this pack of cards is worth like more than all of my assets combined is i was I'm gonna say at. those things are ridiculously overvalued on the secondhand market like, that's what i hear i can't find the exact pack that i have though it's weird so I, i've been trying to price it and i'm like what do i do with this do i because you know it's like beanie babies right for a long time they were worth something and then they weren't and i'm like if i don't fucking offload this while it's hot I'll find the website too because yes. I had to buy a couple uh, magic cards. I I wanted a complete set of the Magic D and D crossover expansion that they did about a year ago, and uh, I had to go to like a secondhand website to get like three cards that I was missing. And when I find the info, I'll give it to you because I'm sure you could turn around and sell it on that. I need to and, I, yeah I need to figure it. I, I, I'm not going to open it. Somebody was like, "Do not open this." It was Sarah, no, Sarah Cooper. Sarah Cooper gave it to me. Well, she didn't give it to me. I won it. And she's like, and so as soon as she, someone else on Instagram found out that I won this, they offered me 300 bucks right in my inbox. And then yeah, I called her and she laughed. She was like, no. <laughs> keep it. Yeah, keep it. I sold, Um, I, I received a few of the CryptidCon 2021 exclusive medicine yeah. cards. Yeah. And I sold those on eBay. Um, And 
I made a decent profit. <laughs> yeah. Right. They gave yeah. me some, some for something friends. I got for free. D Elliot, who works with MetaZoo, which which I, I, I love D. They are a, they're a great person. But we bonded at CryptidCon because we both grew up in the same hometown, which is fucking insane. Um, small fucking world, right? And so wow. and, and at that time D was still living there and like they just moved, right? <laughs> so, was, so I saw D and then yeah, D gave me some 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 of these Mothman exclusive cards or whatever. And so I have those now. So <laughs> Well, you I'll know, say this. I will become the biggest MetaZoo shill if they want to send me fucking free product. And and to make up for the fact that when I went and bought their shit at Mothman Festival, I said, sell me two decks so me and my kid can play. And they sold me a rock deck and a lightning deck. And rock gets a plus 20 attack bonus to lightning. So how the fuck are you going to sell me two decks when one of them's got an elemental bonus on the other one? I mean, that's, that's Pokemon fucking, rules right there. That's no, Final I, Fantasy I, rules. I, I get it, but, like, I picked lightning, and now I'm fucked. Like, there's no way I could pop. How am I going to win against that? That's, like, you sold, you sold, like, two decks that, like, are, like, one's, like, enormously overpowered against the other one. So I'll tell you what. Just send me your some free swag and we'll we'll just forget it i'll, I'll be your biggest shill i'll make fucking stop motion commercials for you guys or whatever and i finally um i finally purchased something i've had my eye on for like the last two years it was um saucers over appalachia by mr robin such a good book <laughs> because okay listen so it's kind of been a running joke forever every fucking time we go to an event and they're always there and i love them listen i love them you guys know we have them on the show they're great people they're marvelous fucking love them i, I also bought the cryptid um eyeshadow palette which i will showcase uh in a couple days when i don't feel like shit when i recover oh, um, nice. but <laughs> wearing um, your fireside mechanical hat i hope maybe um (laughs) it does have blue so it matches anyway so i um went up to the booth and so the last two years every time i go up to the booth he's not there and i don't blame him listen i I get it that's a me at an event i'm not at my booth you better come talk to me well i mean you better come find me in the crowd because that's where i'm at i'm not at the booth you know i i get it um but yeah every time he's not there and again i'm spoiled i will only purchase books now that are signed and so (laughs) so i finally i had to go up to robin and i was like look i'm gonna get i'm gonna pay for this book and whenever he comes back here you make him sign it and i'll just fucking come pick it up later (laughs) (laughs) i bought that book on amazon after i met robin in a clubhouse room about ufos and then when i went to cryptid bash last year i took that book with me all the way from texas to west virginia to have him sign it so, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> you had to travel to get. <laughs> yes, I, I specifically packed it so he could sign it because I knew they would be there. I thought about doing that too because I he he has a Mad Gasser book that I bought mm-hmm. while while he was on the air while we were interviewing him like a couple of weeks ago and uh, blew through that. That was really good too. Yeah, and um, I knew he was going to be there. And then Lyle, I I picked up like a he had a Lizard Man book that I got. And uh, I was like, oh, all these guys are going to be there. I should bring them and have them sign it all. And I completely forgot. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I'm going to harass Lyle um, and just tell him to send me a signed copy because I, I didn't get, I mean, he didn't have anything. When I, when I, <laughs> um, and I, and he's all the way in Texas. And so I know that the next time I see him again, it's probably not going to be until Mothman of next year. So um, I'll just have to be like, hey, send me the book. But yeah, you know, it was, uh, and I did get to have, we got to have dinner with, um, robin and mr robin because they um you know walked in at the restaurant we were the only people at the table we're like come sit with us and that was nice because i feel like we're so busy all the time in events i don't get to talk to them very much um 
So that their was, table's always packed. Like their merch is always. in very high demand. Oh yeah. yeah. So which is good, you know, good for them. But but it was nice to finally kind of just talk and be, you know, human. <laughs> but <laughs> but we were all very exhausted also, just trying to eat. It was it was it was fun. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. I mean, it, it of course it, it was a great turnout. Um, I will fucking never bend that event ever. I never just never will do it <laughs> unless I'm hiring a team of people that fucking want to be miserable all day long. That's fine. Um, I just won't. See, I right. worked in fast food, and I just I would I I feel like it would be fun. You know, not that I, fast would, food is fun, but with monsters, you know. Well, imagine like it's like working at McDonald's during a rush, but you get to keep all the money. Yeah. Yeah, like, dude, like, I wouldn't mind doing a booth at that. If we if we came up with like a rock solid product, number one, and like, if where I thought like, okay, like, I don't have to, like, people were just buying this, like, we're selling like dollar store sunglasses with a moth sticker on it. Or, you like, could something. do that. I know you could, dude. You could make so much fucking money at that thing, and like, just go there and just or, like bottles of water and whatever. Boom, 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 boom. Like, I would do that all day. I would spend eight hours on my feet doing that shit. Make sure, cash. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I, <laughs> I enjoy the event though. That's my problem. Is that I, I want to be able to talk. You can't really talk to people in that setting. You can't. And you know, Eric and Carrie were kind of saying that. Like, you got people that come up and they'll be like, "Oh man, this is great stuff. I wish I had more money." And then they'll stand there and fucking talk. Meanwhile, you got somebody yeah. you know, behind them that is like, "I want to buy stuff," and they can't talk to you to just buy it. You know, no. it's so fast. You cannot you talk to anybody. You, you need an iPad with a card with a with a square reader on it. You need to make sure you got plenty of cash. You need to have like multiple cell phones charged. And yeah. you got to have something. You got to have something that you're going to straight up sell. You mm-hmm. don't have to, not where you got to sit there and like explain what this thing is to a person. You got to have like a T-shirt or a hat or something that people are going to come up and they're going to say, "Give me two of those" or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's just the, selling, I suppose. Yeah, but most yeah, that's the way you got to do it. Like I felt bad like for Dylan, like because I bought a coloring book that he had, but you could tell like all the stuff that he had like grab and sell. I'm sure was gone. You know who I saw there? I saw Danner there. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. But like, I'm sure his stickers, I'm sure he didn't go home with a single sticker, like stuff Definitely like that, not. stuff like that, like, boom, all gone. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. You know? The art. Oh, for sure. Any of the artists. Yeah, they 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 do really well. But even no, I mean, everybody there sold everything. That's just the way it was. <laughs> that's, that's the, there was Good. one person, one person that was selling hair accessories that there was nobody so there'd be like fucking crowds of people and then at this one booth there was absolutely nobody at their accessory booth but you know if she was selling mothman bows and yeah she would have been good or you know cryptid theme but she wasn't it was just you know plain old vending but you know i personally no i'm not interested in that um i'll speak there but i don't want the table <laughs> they can give it to someone they can sell it to someone else i'll sell a table to someone else and make that profit and then go enjoy my fucking festival so it's actually a pretty good idea that's that's what i would do and then just people scalping. can come people I'll make a lemonade oh. stand shit i get my <laughs> my snoopy snow cone maker if i get through college wow but anyway so sunday was better sunday was a lot more chill um just to kind of hang out and talk to people um of course i got to i got to hang out with the, the wonderful uh, jamie and jenny king fucking love them they are like a grounding stone like they are like these people have so much light in them it was it was perfect to be able to kind of 
go back to to the Eric and Carrie booth and hang out with them because they're just so calm <laughs> and good at what they do. Um, the guys from uh, Sasquatch Tracks, where I had never met them before, uh, they were awesome. We just bonded over critical thinking, which was great. Um, <laughs> so it was a great event. It was it was definitely a good time. Um, you know, if you weren't there, wish you were there. Uh, come next year. Um, and if you missed your opportunity to meet and see me, that's okay. You have another chance because in less than two weeks, I will be at uh, the Ravenswood Library in Ravenswood, West Virginia for Mysticon. Ooh. And I will be speaking at that one. And uh, of course, I'll be talking about the Mothman. So if you didn't get enough Mothman, um, I got some more. And even if you did, I got some more. I got some more. No to one can ever have enough Mothman. There's not no such thing as enough Mothman. Oh, no. that was another thing I want to talk about real quick. The Mothman statue, you know. A lot of people suck. You guys kind of something happened to it. Nothing happened to it. But but you guys kind of fucking suck. Really, honestly, people. Okay, this statue is not impenetrable. It is not. You know, you you can break it. Um, You know, you'd see people kind of you know climbing up in the arms at some points in time. You can see it kind of teetering back and forth. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, You know, also the amount of beans that were left over the course of the Mothman weekend. I get it. I, it's like a Fallout 76 thing. I don't know. I've never played it. Um, but people I've played it, Fallout and I don't get it. I'm just going to say that. I don't... What? Sorry, don't, please continue. You don't, you don't get the beans? No, it's okay. No, I, I don't get it. Leave him alone. Sorry. I don't either. I don't understand <laughs> the beans. But I guess it's something from that and people come and leave beans and that's like, you know what? That's fine. Mothman Festival weekend. Okay, I kind of get it. There was somebody there to collect it. People were leaving other shit. Bottles of Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> money. There was people that was leaving money to, to, to the Mothman statue. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Again, Mothman Festival weekend, that's cool. Um, any other time of the year, don't do that. Because it's the townspeople that have to clean it up, and it's straight up litter. Like, don't do Like, uh, take yeah. your beans. Take your picture. I get that. But then take your beans with you. Take them home and eat them. Take take them to the food bank. There's a food bank right there. It's like a drop off right there. Yeah. Um, take them over there. You know, whatever it is you got to do, just don't leave them there. Um, because that's not that Mothman does not like that. You did not. No one is asking you to do that. Right. He, nobody. Yeah. Exactly. So, but but there was stacks of them. I mean, there's pictures of them that you could see. So Eric and Carrie's booth literally right next to the statue, and all day long you could see um people got proposed to in front of the mothman statue oh, uh, oh my god oh yeah there were at least two so it was funny because the two the two proposals were like back to back almost and so they're you know they were kind of eric kind of posed the idea like can you imagine being the second couple and that guy i was gonna was say like, that second couple was pro- or the second person that proposed was probably like damn it Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's so sweet. And he's like, yeah. You wait in that line for forty-five minutes, and then the fucker three people in front of you. Get it. <laughs> and like, yeah, like we we were gonna wait that line, and then I'm like, come on, Connor, let me let me show you a trick. Like, we can take a picture right in front of it, or we could stand yeah. off to the left, and take right. a picture right now, and then move on. <laughs> the line was constant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not, I mean, it was and it was hours of waiting. But but yeah, the the proposal thing, I was you know kind of but sweet, but like kind of also someone you know it's already been done. I you know so. <laughs> one of those things but yeah be fucking nice to the mothman statue the guy that made it he's dead now he can't make a new one um you know Mm -hmm. don't be assholes about it lots of people made out with the statue um you know that's fine but like also kind of gross because nobody like you want to but you know yeah yeah but lots of butt touching which that's okay yeah that's necessary yeah you i get it you know everybody goes to touch the butt good for you that you touch the butt but don't climb all over it don't hang off of it 
um don't litter on the statue um that's just not uh that's not very nice so anyway in respect art you know exactly it's it's a piece of art and the mayor's already pissed he doesn't want anything to do with this festival he does not want it to happen and if that statue comes down that's just enough reason for him not to do this fucking festival anymore we'll see i think it's going to be very interesting to see how they approach next year oh it'll always after the economic influx of this year i wonder if that perspective will no. Right. And, and are they going to crush it? Are no. they going to have or more businesses going to offer parking? Is it going to be are they going to charge more per booth? Is it going to be the hours? Are they going to suddenly hire security? And then now we're going to have to deal with more cops. Because like I said, there's a shit ton of people and no cops, but everything was fine but well yeah i mean right you know but maybe next year they'll be like well we did you know we need to have more police here more you know i don't know i mean it could go so many different ways i just i think this year was lightning in a bottle and i think for better or worse whatever happens next year will be very different Hmm. so the mothman festival itself makes millions and millions of dollars every year like that it is the biggest cryptid event of the entire year in the whole fucking country hands down absolutely it always has been ever since it started it's always been big um you know so i don't think the the money has no bearing on whether or not the city wants to continue to do it the city fucking hates it they hate their monster they don't like it it's the only thing that they have it's the only thing that gets them going but you have to remember this is a symbol to a tragic event that the very real event that they all experience they don't like it yeah yeah. you know and you're talking a lot of those people's town. families are still alive like they're still exactly there. exactly yeah. well george dudding again the man that i said probably has written the most books in this community he saw it he was there he saw the bridge collapse you know yeah. he's got a book about it <laughs> and you know it's, it's so that part is still alive they don't like this thing don't give them a reason to to push it away even more you know be be respectful when you go and again go during the off season you know if you really want to get the full point pleasant experience go during the off season fucking nobody is there um and and it is worth going to check out and if you want to take a tour of the tnt area and you want someone to tour you get a hold of me so (laughs) (laughs) i will do paid tours that is a thing um so anyway that was mothman festival I don't have any news this week because i am just fucking still recovering so <laughs> that was a lot of news i think that was a lot of news <laughs> just in that in that first 45 minutes wow we've been here almost an hour already oh That's yeah awesome i love oh this. yeah it was it was it was a, it was a big end so anyway aaron asters how are you you have been doing lots of very big things huh do you want to kind of just reintroduce yourself who you are and just the general gist of what you do yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, well, my name's Aaron. I am a 34-year-old writer and podcaster based out of Austin, Texas. Um, I'm expecting my first child, or my wife and I are expecting our first child here in about six weeks. So that's been occupying most of my attention and emotional sure. energy. I'm so happy, so excited. But uh, in the Fortean realm, I'm the executive editor at Paranormality Magazine, which it doesn't mean a whole lot, honestly. We were just trying to think of something official sounding to put on my business card. So, you know, but I, I do recruiting and I do uh, proofreading of submissions and I, I do some PR for the magazine. So that's fun. Um, I'm the co-host of Hey Strangeness, which is a podcast I produce with with my wife, Sarah. Um, I also host Strange Conversations, which is kind of like a sub podcast under uh, hey strangeness on instagram and that's that's a lot of fun i did one of those tonight before i came to hang out with you guys uh and then uh, i have my first book coming out early next year and it is called the texas dogman triangle 
Um, and it's being produced by or produced published by small town monsters. So that's fun. That's, <laughs> that's what I've got going on. <laughs> that's fun. Can you imagine the you from, from, from what 2020 when all the, when Dude. you really started getting into this, just being like, that really that's your reaction that's fun and you knew me then ash <laughs> yeah. like you knew i was i was if if anyone who had ever been featured in a blog noticed me i would like freak out and do backflips and throw up because i yeah. was so excited to be a part of this community so like i can't really express how grateful and humbled i am to have to be in the position I'm in right now. I'm so excited. Having so yeah. much fun. Yeah, Aaron's definitely probably the, you know, so George Dudding, again, the author with, with uh, most books, Aaron is the most humble person in this entire community. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, we had John for West Virginia Cryptids. Everybody fucking mm -hmm. loved it. Everybody did. Uh, you know, and I say this a lot. The guest shows, you know, I'll be honest, they usually don't do as well. The West Virginia Cryptids episode is one of our top list, most listened to episodes. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. And that's, that's a lot of people. And that so, was like the second time I had guested on a show. So I feel like I was really nervous and like didn't know what I was doing. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it did really well. Um, you know, I don't know if it was just the topic and, you know, West Virginia is the home of the monsters and people love that shit or if it was just you. But I'm going to say it was just you entirely. Um, so <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but now you're doing this dog man stuff what you know what got you interested in this in this texas triangle dog man situation yeah it, it was really kind of kind of random um sarah and i were looking for a topic for i think the third episode of hey strangeness and we noticed just kind of looking online and talking to people that there seemed to be a cluster of Dogman or dogman like sightings in central Texas. And originally we only identified three, um, two of which were listed on the national or the North American Dogman Research Project website. And then the third one was actually given to us straight from the witness um, that had previously been unreported. And when you put these three sightings on a map, you get a triangle of about 700 square miles. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. Did a little bit of research. Wolves or wolf packs will occupy a space that is about 700 square miles. So my running theory is, oh, okay, there's some kind of a weird canine species in this area that pops up every once in a while. And these sightings were spaced um, two years apart, almost exactly, actually. It's kind of weird, two years apart. Um, but then you, you, so we did the podcast, right? We did that episode. It was fun. It was actually, it's still our most downloaded episode to date. Um, but then I kept doing research on it just out of interest. And if you zoom out and you keep looking, there's way more than three sightings <laughs> in sure. this in this state like there are dozens of encounters with dogmen or dogmen like entities or what people describe as upright canids um and the majority of them seem to be clustered in kind of the central part of the state and if you draw a triangle around it they all fit right in there and there are others there's stuff from outside the quote unquote triangle but the the great majority seem to be concentrated in this area um, so I just started taking notes on it. I was like, okay, well, there's, there's a few over here and then there's a few over here. Here's some from the early 1900s. Here's some that are more recent. Oh, here's some from the mid century where you have a lot of newspaper articles and, and eyewitnesses, you know, and, and when you put it all together, it's honestly a little overwhelming. There's almost an embarrassment of riches, um, 
when it comes yeah. to dogman sightings in Texas, such that I've already submitted the manuscript to the publisher. And I just yesterday or two days ago, rather interviewed another witness that I had not talked to previously um, and identified a whole nother area of potential sightings that I wasn't even aware of. So like there's more that I don't even know about yet. And that's, that's kind of, I don't know. I've just been stuck on it ever since then. I was like, Oh my God, there's so much like, why is there not a book about werewolves in Texas? And here we are. Yeah, we, um, you know, Pato and I had a conversation one time about how a lot of these books that you get, a lot of these people that write books, which, you know, credit credit to them for sitting down and doing it. But most of it is just taking stories that have already been told and compiling them in their own way. Yeah. And you're taking stories that are, that are that really have not had a lot of light shed on them and putting them all together and in, in your own way so i mean you're kind of i'm not going to say that you're necessarily groundbreaking but you are um breaking ground into an an um underrated topic i think thank you yeah i, I wanted to present information that wasn't necessarily already out there and a couple of my sources um <clears throat> excuse me forgot how to talk for a second. Um, the North American Dogman Research Project, uh, True Horror Stories of Texas, Texas Cryptid Hunter, um, all websites I recommend everybody check out. Some of these stories were already out there, but they weren't really getting attention from the community at large. Right. Um, and there still was not a place where they were all compiled. And what was really interesting is when you look at these independent sources like the NADP, like True Horror Stories of Texas, some of these stories are in the same geographical areas, but they're completely different sightings from completely different witnesses. And right. I, I couldn't find a place where someone had compiled all of this information and then put it together. And then in the process of doing that research, I was put in contact with or encountered people who had never told their story to anybody before. So there's, there's three witnesses, no fewer than three witnesses in the book, um, whose stories are not anywhere else. They just aren't. So I'm really, really excited and really humbled to have the opportunity to share that. Now, and this all happened. So this is happening. And I'm I'm, a, I'm presuming, um, because I guess I haven't really asked this before. This all happened. And then big news comes out of Texas with this Amarillo photo. Yes. I was working on the manuscript when the uh, quote unquote Amarillo dog man um, Amarillo, you know, whatever, started gaining traction. And and like you, Ash, I reached out to city authorities, zoo authorities, locals, trying to find somebody who I could interview to talk to me about this, this weird picture that was floating around. Um, crickets, dead yeah. silence. I still to this day, and I've been I've been sending messages since it first got, you know, traction back in what June? I want to say June. Yeah, sure. June. Yes. We'll say June. Um, yeah. Somewhere in there. Interesting on the date. Remind me to go back to that. There's something sure. interesting about that date, but um, yeah, I, I still have not been able to find anybody, anybody. My plan is to just go up to Amarillo one of these days and start talking to people, but you know, it's eight hours from where I live. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Texas is big. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I imagine, you know, it's difficult to, uh, you know, just go to some of these places, but you are probably one of the closest people, you know, especially somebody that's already researching. If anybody's going to do it, it should be you at this point. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, you're there, you know, and that's, I, that's the one thing you should investigate. If you're thinking about investigating anything, investigate things that is, that is close to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that's, that's encouraging. So now I, I'm going to give you a warning. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, I, and I'm telling you this. I don't think anybody's told you this before, but take this and, and really let it sink in. 
you are now and will forever be the Texas Dogman guy. You know that, oh right? Oh, my God. I you know that you did that to yourself, right? I, a couple people have said that to me. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and it's an honor. Like, it's an incredible honor. Because, like, Dogman wasn't my favorite cryptid until very recently. And I'm still not sure. Right. He is. I don't know. I love the Mothman forever. You've heard me talk about that. But sure. um, it's, it's crazy, dude. I'm just a again a boy from the internet now people are like contacting me going hey i saw this do you think this might be a dogman sighting or hey uh you know i heard you're writing this book do you have any thoughts on this thing that i saw yeah. last weekend and i'm just like holy crap like people actually care what i think why what <laughs> yes and, and i'm going to tell you right now um and i am not so much ready to put this all the way out there but one day you and i will get together we'll talk about this because like i said your dogman is my mothman mothman's not my favorite I didn't choose it. I didn't pick Mothman. <laughs> you know, I didn't, it just kind of picked me out of right. nowhere. And I think that there's something to that. Um, you know, I don't know what exactly, but I think that there is something to that, that these things kind of become your your thing. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I don't know why. You know, but speaking of kind of woo concepts, I mean, what did you start off thinking about the dog? What was your opinion on Dogman when you started? My first thought upon reading some of these encounters, um, maybe not specifically the Texas encounters, because those kind of came later. But when I initially ran into Dogman as a subject of cryptozoological inquiry, my first thought was, this is complete bullshit. Werewolves yeah. aren't real. Same. Um, <laughs> like, that's immediately where I went. And it was honestly like, that's where I was for a long time. And it wasn't until I started looking into the sightings in Texas and, and finding all these commonalities and recurring themes, not only in what the witnesses were seeing, but also in the way the witnesses were responding and what the witnesses were feeling and what they were experiencing. Um, so many of these stories follow the same profile to the degree that I, I was getting them mixed up. I was mixing up certain encounters because they were so similar, but it's just the same thing popping up again and again and again all across the state so i just had this moment where i was like okay well it can't be complete bullshit because this many people are seeing it and even if this many people are imagining something there's a reason for it so i don't think they're imagining it i think there's something out there but i just couldn't help it i was like i can ignore this and walk the other way and try to find something else to be interested in but this is this is happening right now so Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> and what is it that people are seeing? A an upright, slender but muscular canine creature with pointed ears, yellow eyes, sharp teeth. Um, and every time they see it, they feel afraid. And in every case I've looked at, with with very rare exception, there are two cases specifically that are an exception to this. But every single other one, witnesses describe themselves as being overwhelmingly afraid um like it's almost a primal reaction to these things like we're we're somehow genetically engineered to be afraid of them and i'm not a scientist i'm not a psychologist i couldn't tell you why that is but almost every single story i've looked at involves the witness saying i felt extremely uncomfortable and i needed to get away so it's 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 interesting it's just interesting how regular these patterns become with regard to this phenomena are they typically all the same color most of them are described as being brown, black, um, maybe grayish. Um, the eyes are almost always described as yellow, but we do have a couple reports where they're described as uh, possibly being blue or in one case, even black. The witness actually said death black eyes, which was wow. an interesting choice of words. Yeah. Um, 
they very often appear on two feet, but it seems like more often they show up on four legs. The witness's impression is that this is a very large dog or wolf, and then the thing stands up on two legs. So, I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's good. When they stand up, are people reporting? Because one thing that's kind of been noticed with the dogman phenomena over the years is that mm-hmm. it's changed. Yeah. And, you know, initially when it, when these things were being reported, um, they weren't very, they weren't overly huge. I mean, they were big dogs, but they were like four feet tall when they stood Mm -hmm. up. They weren't, you know, you got some people that are like, it was 15 feet, you know, um, which, you know, I'm not going to say whether or not it was or wasn't, but 15 feet's hard to hide. Um, You don't even hear Sasquatch reports of of 15 feet, at least not in large quantities. Yeah. Oh, I've I've heard upwards of 20 with with Sasquatch. (laughs) Oh, shit. And I'm like, (laughs) so you're talking... King Kong? Uh, you saw King Kong in the woods? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Um, you know, which I guess, hey, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. I just, that's, you know, but we know eyewitness, you know, accounts as far as things like height, it's uh, not good. We know we've done studies on it. We know that people are consistently incorrect about the height of something. That's, what, that's why there's a ruler on the door of the 7-Eleven when you walk out yes they say that that like i've heard this before and i could i I was trying to find the source so i could cite it in the book but like human beings uh, we we i guess remember things that pose a threat as being bigger than they are so we might remember the fangs of a creature as being larger than they really were or we might imagine its height you know being more extreme than it actually was but we still got dogs on two legs. So, sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but my question was when they stood up, do people still report the popping? Because that's not really something that you hear about a lot nowadays is that this popping happens. That is like saying that the joints kind of, I mean, what's being implied is that the joints inside the body shift to mm-hmm. make it so that it is it is good on either two legs or four. I heard a cat. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. He's he likes attention. Go, away, okay. Go see mommy. Go see mommy. Um, I have not gotten that. In, okay. In as far as I can remember, any of the reports that I've you know enumerated, um, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look over my notes. But no, I don't get a lot of that. As far as sounds go, like sounds that people are hearing, a lot of howling, um, a sure. lot of really bestial cries that are also described as being very human like. That's interesting. And then you get a lot of descriptions of, of heavy footfalls or stomping noises or like a lot of uh, disturbance happening in the in the underbrush or in the woods. Um, but that that'd probably be the majority of the audible phenomena that I've run across. Yeah. Sure, sure. I think it's interesting that 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 aspect is kind of gone now. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know. Um, so what do you, what, I mean, where, where's your head at? I mean, and this might change, so I'm not going to say that Aaron D said this on my podcast <laughs> in September of 2022. So if it changes, he's lying, you know, because <laughs> new information, right? We, we're, we're, you know, in that sense, very scientific, sure. we can change. Um, where's your head at now? What do you think these things are? So my opinion is that the majority of Texas dogman sightings are some kind of an unclassified animal. Um, one theory I'm fond of is that they could be some form of canine hybrid. And we, uh, we like to think that we know how many dogs there are. We don't. Dogs are incredibly diverse. You know, genetically, they can crossbreed almost infinitely. And we can come up with all these crazy, like a, a German Shepherd versus a, you know, Chihuahua, but they're both dogs. You know what I mean? So, 
I'm of the opinion that some of these, at least some of these encounters are hybrid species that have not been properly classified. And we have precedent in the state of Texas for strange canine hybrids. We have the Texas terror dog, previously yep. known as the Texas chupacabra. We have the Galveston wolves, which are some kind of a mix of Mexican red wolf and coyotes and, and dogs, which is also what the Texas terror dog is. So interesting little linkage there. Kudos um, on doubling down on the Texas terror dog thing. That's goddamn right, man. Thank you. I will never, I will never, I will die on this hill. I will yeah. die on this hill. Thanks. No, that's yours, man. You own that. It's, it's all good. <laughs> there is no Texas Chupacabra. That guy ain't been here. It's the terror dog. But <laughs> so <Yeah>. we, <laughs> we have precedent in this area for strange canine hybrids. And one of the, uh, one of the people I interviewed for the books, Courtney Sweetheart of uh, Small Town Monsters, and she's a veterinary technician. Um, my wife, Sarah, is also a veterinary technician. And they will both tell you that some canine hybrids are infertile just due to their genetics yes. so i'm fond of the idea that at least some of these sightings are of hybrid species that may be infertile and that's why we see so few of them because through random crossbreeding and random you know genetic stuff being mixed in together we get a creature that can stand on two legs but maybe it can't reproduce so when you hear the the arguments against like, well, there's no breeding population. Well, we're not seeing a bunch of them. Well, yeah, because they don't pop up all that often and maybe they can't reproduce. That's just one theory, but it's one that I'm becoming more fond of. Something, um, just, just a fun fact. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, ligers. Okay, ligers, which is a mix between, between a, a tiger and a lion, uh, you know, we thought for a very, very long time were infertile because, mo again, most hybrid animals are um it was actually fucking believe it or not um oh my god what's his last name uh the tiger king oh yeah what oh is my god what, joe oh, something oh my gosh joe exotic joe exotic. exotic yes it was <laughs> joe exotic that br that bred successfully bred a, a a liger with another and and found out that we could and we didn't know that but anyway he's fact. in prison because you could almost call him a cryptozoologist for that almost <laughs> you know so almost um but but yeah so that was just but that is very true um you know just mm -hmm. because they can't breed together doesn't mean that there there aren't animals breeding that are creating them so and especially when you're talking about dogs you know dogs don't just have one puppy usually <laughs> they have multiples yeah um, so when you have these sightings that are kind of happening all over together i i could definitely see that as being a viable theory it's because there's been um there, there's been a litter bred and they just happen to be in that area at that time. And so people happen to see them. Um, you know, you started talking earlier, you were mention, mentioning something about dates. What was that about? Uh, yeah. So the original Texas Dogman Triangle, we noted that these sightings were two years apart, um, 2016, 2018, and then 2020. And they were all, again, 700 square miles when you build this triangle, but they were all within like 50 to 60 miles of each other. Pretty, pretty close if you zoom out on the map. Um, so it's interesting to me when these sightings recur, well, one in the same geographical area, but then in the same chronological period, you know what I mean? So sure. it just gives the idea to me, it gives me the impression that like, oh, there's something that just, it's hanging out in this area. It pops up every so often and most people aren't paying that much attention. And the people that are paying attention that encounter it probably don't bother to report it. So we got lucky with these three encounters that were reported, you know, all within the same six year span. Yeah. Well, and again, which which checks out if we're talking about a whole litter of these things all in one point in time. 
Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's another possibility. Like maybe it, maybe there actually is a litter out here. Maybe this is a breeding population. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they just kind of come and go. And that's why we have them in chunks. There's another dogman triangle. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't. Um, in the PNW, as a matter of fact. Um, hmm. I don't, I don't remember too, too much about it. So typically I only really investigate things that are close to home and so I can get to them and I can talk to the witnesses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody had brought it up to my intention. It's the, one of the folks that runs the, um, liminal earth website. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were, they were, you know, they were interested cause I started doing dogman stuff and they were like, oh, well, did you know there's a dogman triangle in the PNW? And I was like, no, I did not. And they kind of started telling me about it. Maybe you should talk to those people. I think I should. Yeah. And we've interviewed them for Paranormality, actually. Or not yeah. not me personally, but one of our, our writers. Um, I may need to do that. I believe it was Nick. Pretty sure Nick interviewed them. Yeah, definitely. Get a hold of them and see, you know, if, if there's not something there and just see if there's patterns. I mean, again, it's it, it's hard because it's far, but at the same time. Yeah, but still worth talking to them. Yeah. Open up that scope, you know, not to um, not to put any other delays on this book that you're writing. I know how that goes, but. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got time. It's coming out spring of next year. Good, um, good is what we're looking at so yeah i got time, I got time. <laughs> but you know you're tr- so are you but are you saying then that you think that the texas terror dog is also related to these things i mean it makes sense that they were but are you saying that there's a tie there that you think is there see that's a question that i asked because if we're talking about canine hybrids and we have one that's already confirmed in the state it's difficult not to make that comparison i don't think these things are the same thing um they may have similar origins, you know, being ca- if they are both canine hybrids, but Texas terror dogs are described as smaller. They're described as quadrupedal. They are, uh, they're just not the same thing. They don't stand on two legs. They don't necessarily endow the witness with a sense of overbearing fear. Um, they're just described as really weird dog coyote things that people started calling chupacabra for some freaking reason that we don't need to go into today. Um, because <laughs> that's not what they are at all. But so I, I think there may be some connections, but I don't think they're the same thing. I don't. Yeah, maybe we'll bring you back for the Chupacabra episode so you can finally, you know, work your way to get in your jacket. Um. <laughs> I will, I will, I will, again, I will die on that hill. So sure. <laughs> Just tell me when. <laughs> We're late. Um, yeah, okay. Well, no, that's completely understandable. Um, so this fear that people experience, I mean, what do you think is up with that? What's the, what's the deal with the fear? You know? Yeah. Um, so I'm terrified of spiders. I hate them. I will not go near them. Um, you can't make me, I'm 34 years old. You're not going to make me go near a spider. I don't have to. (laughs) I think as, as human animals, we're naturally inclined to be afraid of certain things. We are. Um, our ancestors, were hounded (laughs) uh, play on words hounded by natural predators we we have not always been the apex species so i think we are naturally inclined to be afraid of things that posed a threat to our ancestors if you've ever had a large dog get up in your face like a doberman or a german shepherd there most likely you experienced a sense of fear um your fight or flight kicked in so if we're going to think about a canine creature that's seven, eight, nine feet tall, according to some witness descriptions, has prominent teeth, glowing yellow eyes, long front limbs, and sharp claws, that's going to trigger an emotional and evolutionary response in us. We're going to feel the need to get out of this situation. Um, and most of the encounters I've looked at, that's what happens. The witness flees or they they shoot it. And when they shoot it, it doesn't seem to care. So, yeah. 
Yeah, which is, and well, I, I'm in a different camp. I mean, I, I a thousand percent appreciate that you were coming at this through a flesh and blood terrestrial perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I don't personally believe that they are, okay. um, you know, which is, you know, again, coming from somebody that very much like yourself felt like this was all just bullshit. When I first heard about it, right? I was like, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Werewolves. That's stupid. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I and I, I get it, but since talking to witnesses and talking to people that have experienced these things and just kind of the life going forward, I feel like it's almost impossible for these things to be terrestrial. Um, it just doesn't make any sense why canines would evolve to walk upright naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I love that you're entertaining that, that it could. Well, there is, there is a lot of scientific zoological, biological, whatever you like um, uh, conjecture that, that, defies that there it doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons for a dog to walk on two feet it just doesn't um so when you look at it that way it's almost like okay well maybe not so much and there are a lot of encounters even in in the texas dogman triangle book that kind of run more in the category of being supernatural or being Mm -hmm. paranormal if you like um you know instances where people feel that they've changed shape going back to the old shapeshifter motif but that seems to at least in texas at least in texas that seems to be the exception not the rule um okay so hmm. well and you know i i I talked about this weekend how i i listened to ken gearhart's talk at the mothman festival and you know he had mentioned um the the bigfoot and ufo connection which i know Mm -hmm. you're familiar with (laughs) sure yeah you know, he what he was saying was that, well, yes, there are stories of people that see Bigfoot, you know, and then they see UFO or, or something strange happens. That doesn't normally happen. That is right. just not the typical standard. More often than not, it's just they're in the woods and they see this big creature and that's that. That's the encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying just in your finding and in, in your pool right now, what you've got is mostly encounters that do just track along being an animal. It, yes. Yeah. Not all of them. Um, sure. And I could be wrong. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a I'm a boy on the internet. But <laughs> ba- based on my research, based on what I've read, there's a lot of commonalities with flesh and blood style Sasquatch encounters. Um, but you have these key differences that, in my opinion, define them as being something separate. So yeah, sure, yeah. sure. What about people that um, there's a lot of question of maybe what people are seeing is a misidentified Bigfoot. Um, I was hoping you'd ask that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got, you've got the um, you know the famous Beast of Seven Shoots video, the Gugwee, or mm-hmm. not video, but the picture, um, where it is like a more like a baboon type Sasquatch holding some type of kill that it's got, and yeah. you know you have people that say, well, yeah, I saw Bigfoot, but it had a big snout on it. Um, you know what? Because because one of the people I talked to dur- during this past weekend just said, I don't believe in Dogman. It's misidentified Bigfoot. Just straight up did not. And they've been in yeah. the field for years. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I think I think there's some weight to that. I think there's some validity to that. Um, a couple of the people I interviewed for the book postulated along those same lines. Uh, uh, Michael Mays of Texas Cryptid Hunter, longtime researcher out in the field, uh, works with uh, the North American Wood Ape Conservancy. He's he's actively involved in their research he's of the opinion uh you know based on our interview that these are misidentified sasquatch but even he'll allow for the idea that maybe there's something else going on that we don't understand here because you get these key physical descriptions that seem to differ from your atypical 
Sasquatch encounters, specifically the pointed ears, um, the the canine like face. Yeah. Those are the things that really, really seem to stick out. You also, your Sasquatch descriptions are generally, they're more muscular, they're bulkier. Um, the dogman descriptions are more, they're a little more slender. They're still muscular. They're still intimidating, but they're, they're not as bulky. Um, and, and I, I believe it was Lyle Blackburn. I, I interviewed a lot of people for this book. Lyle Blackburn said that, you know, if you have dog man on the brain, that's probably what you're going to see. Or sure. if you, on, on the inverse, if you are more of a Sasquatch type of person, if you are really, really into the Sasquatch thing, you're probably going to think that, oh, well, you know, it's just a misidentified Sasquatch. I don't think... I believe it was Jacques Vallée that said you can't solve an unknown with another unknown. And all of this stuff is unknown. So that's kind of a self-defeating idea, but I really like, I really like that perspective. Like, well, we can't say unequivocally, yeah, this is a Sasquatch, not a quote unquote werewolf. Cause we don't know what Sasquatch is. We, we don't know yet. Um, there's plenty of evidence, there's plenty of research, but it hasn't been formally classified. And many, many people in the field have varying opinions. So, I don't think, I think it's a little too easy to just say, yeah, these are misidentified Sasquatch sightings and, and just write it off from there. I don't think we can do that. I, I think we're being, I think we're not giving the phenomena its due if we just write it off and say, well, it's something else. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, what? how could you explain away the, the pointed ears on a Sasquatch? I mean, what, Sasquatch are, are making kills and then making pelts and making hats out of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you could, you could, again, you could say, well, we don't know what Sasquatch is. We don't know how many species there are. We know we have apes of, or uh, sorry, species of known primate or apes that have pointed ears, you know, or have canine-like faces like the baboon. But it doesn't, the baboons aren't eight feet tall on two legs. Like they're not. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> so it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't quite work for me. Yeah. I'm not a scientist, but I can say that for certain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that makes sense. Um, do you have any, have you deep dive into any, um, I, I guess the nicest way I'm going to say it, um, even though now, uh, I guess rumor has it that Pato and I are racist against white people, but do you have oh. any, pr- yeah, we are. Yeah. But you know, he's, I know, freaking honky. Yeah. <laughs> worse things to. I, I, I don't like crackers on my show. I'll be honest with you. Somebody was asking. I was talking to somebody about it during the Mothman Festival, and I told him, I was like, people are saying that we're racist against white people, and they were like, oh well, fuck white people. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. You know. Crackers. Um, but uh, anyway, do you have any pre-white people stories of anything that could potentially be similar to what it is you're researching now? Because it seems like the stuff your your this Dogman Triangle is pretty current. And it's pretty recent. Yeah, there are actually two stories in the book that really, um, or not really, but they kind of toe the line into like Native American folklore and stuff. Um, one is the Bear King of Marble Falls, which is okay. one of the stories that's talked about in the book. And this is an entity that's described as being like an ape, like a bear. It kidnaps somebody. Uh, it might also have been kind of canine. Uh, it was shot by a bunch of farmers. Really interesting story. Um and then you also have the Bear King of Marble Fall, or I'm sorry, I just said the Bear King of Marble Falls. <laughs> <laughs> They're so similar. You also have the Beast of Bear Creek, which is several miles um, okay. southwest of the Bear King of Marble Falls. And that was uh, uh, allegedly a Native American shaman that could take on the form of some kind of a beast. 
Um, I don't have any Native American contacts that I've been able to consult with. I've reached out to a few organizations and I I haven't been successful. So I I try not to comment too much on the Native stuff because I don't have the cultural background or the knowledge to really say like, yeah, this is a part of Native American folklore. But it does come up. It does come up. Okay. So, I mean, it's, well, and again, you, you've only been working on this book for, for how long now? I mean, a couple of months, right? Uh, about six months I've been actively working on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still, you're still very, I mean, you're just, you've just put the tip in. I mean, you're you're not Mm -hmm. there yet. (laughs) There's a lot more to learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there is. I have a quick question about your writing process because you do write a lot for Paranormality Magazine. What made you hone in on this one topic? Was it because you already had it like branded and you figured, well, if I name something, I might as well like keep the, keep the branding going. Kind or, of, like, yeah. <laughs> kind I mean, of. You, you, I know you read a lot, and um, you know, so it's like you're very well read. Like you, you, you Thank obviously you. like that's part of this that you gravitate towards is like you read books and and you know if, if that's the way you take information it's where we put out information you write a lot for the magazine writing the book was kind of like uh an eventuality and this was the one that you settled on did you was there another topic that you had like on your b list or was there something else that you almost did that like you know like i guess just describe like how you honed in on this one yeah yeah i i so the publisher reached out to me and they were like hey would you like to write a book for us? And I said, yes, absolutely. I've always wanted to do that. Um, and they were like, great, send us a few topics, see what you got. And I pitched four ideas, I think one of which was the Texas terror dog actually, cause there's not a book on that. Um, another was just strange phenomena in Texas. Cause this is a really weird place. Like dog man is not even scratching the surface. It, it there's a lot going on in Texas and has been for a very, very long time. Um, and then I also, I have this idea or I've noticed that there seems to be a recurrence of the color red in paranormal phenomena. And there are a few cases and, and entities I could cite kind of to that point, but I pitched them a variety of ideas and they were like, yeah, let's go with this Texas dogman thing. That sounds great. So, you know, maybe those other books will manifest one of these days, but yeah. Tease us with the red one. What's the what's that about? Yeah, so it, it's it's I'm still taking notes. It's not a super cohesive idea yet, but there are there are various cases spread across the paranormal gamut, if you like. Um, Jack Parsons, Scarlet Woman, the Malmstrom UFO, uh, the Betts Castle in Florida has a room with red carpet. The Amityville house had a room that was concealed in the basement with red walls. Uh, uh, there's another one. Oh, Napoleon's Little Red Man, which is some kind of a spiritual entity that he took advice from. You just see this recurrence of the color red, and very often it's associated with power or control. Um, the Malmstrom UFO was able to shut down nuclear missiles. Uh, Jack Parsons, Scarlet woman was supposed to help him embody this greater sense of like power or something. So yeah, that's, yeah. Well, the Jack Parsons thing I want to talk about, because I I read that book because you had recommended it on one of your, um, I think it was, you just, did you go on a road trip and like take pictures of your books next to shit? Uh, yes. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> that, was, that was one of you, the Jack Parsons one. And I saw that and I was like, I know who that guy is. And I, when I ordered that and I finished reading it, like maybe like a month ago. And, um, that was what, cause that was the woman that he wasn't, isn't that like the wife that he lost to, uh, L. Ron Hubbard? 
Um, so that was actually his a different a different woman who was the sister of one of his other girlfriends. Um, but he, he was trying yeah. to manifest this red woman lover, like redheaded lover. Mm-hmm. And that's who he thought she was. Yeah. Marjorie Cameron, he believed was his scarlet woman. Um, yeah. From what I recall, she wasn't necessarily on board with the idea that, yeah, I'm this personification of, of, you know, spiritual power or whatever, but he was convinced Parsons was convinced that Marjorie Cameron Cameron was his scarlet woman. Yeah. Right. And it's, and the, the name was Sophia, which is supposed to be like the female personification of like, L or Yahweh or like the the original mm-hmm. Hebrew guy. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to um read into that stuff now and it's very very interesting. I didn't even make the connection with the color red. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. The it may be nothing. Red. There's only so many colors out there. It may be nothing, but it, it, <laughs> you know, it's something to something to poke at at least. Sure. That's sure. well, that's true. I don't know. I I found that connection also. Um, you know, obviously the red eyes of the Mothman or other entities like mm-hmm. it. Um, the Flatwoods monster, and it's a very red face. Um, you know, I mean, it, it is out there. You know, Your I, red I, hair. my red hair, um, and clearly, Ooh. I am something not of this world. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's something to it. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I will. I want to say real quick. First time I ever met Aaron Dees, Um, after you know being being friends on social media for a while, physically met him. He shows up to Cryptid Bash. And not only, you know, is he very excited to to see everybody, but he showed up with books to give yes. to everybody. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you're kind of like the, I mean, you're kind of the book the book guy also. You've read all the books. I mean, it's a fun yeah. thing to be known for. I own way more books than I've read, but yeah, it's a fun, Same. it's a fun thing. <laughs> I, think, I think we all do. I think all of us. Uh, I'm amazed you can remember, like you remembered that chick's name from the Jack Parsons book. Half the time I get Jack Parsons' name wrong. I called him Al- <laughs> One episode I kept calling him Alan Parsons, and then I'm like, "No, wait a minute, that's the Frog Rat guy." Well, he <laughs> like, did go. He did go by various names: Jack, John. Uh, yeah, so it's that's fair. That's fine. oh, so it's his fault. Is what you're very saying? Very gracious of you, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, it's Jack's fault. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I mean, you know, it's true. Actually, you gave me a Nick Redfern book. Um, so I did. There, yes, there, his uh, Jack's given name was actually Marvel. Marvel Whiteside Parsons. So there's a little... Whiteside. Yeah. Marvel Whiteside. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um. Oh my gosh, I had a question, and I forget what that question was. Uh. uh oh. Oh, we we're talking about other books that you're going to write. Um, so are you, <laughs> so no, now, you know, you're in the process. So obviously you haven't gotten there yet. It's not out. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to write more after you're done? With- yeah. Oh yeah. Being an author is a lifelong dream for me. Um, the, the two things I wanted to be more than an author were a husband and a father. And I got to do, I, I did one of those a few years ago and one, I guess I kind of did this year. So sure. yeah. Aww. Have, that's, aww. So <laughs> that's so awesome. Thank you. So no, I, I have no intention of stopping. Um, I, I hope to to keep going, but it just kind of we'll just see what happens next. You know what I mean? I find if I plan too far in advance, I'm usually wrong. So <laughs> that's OK. Have, have you uh, had interest in other forays? I mean, clearly you've got the podcast, right? And that's there. Mm-hmm. So it starts there. And that's easy. Well, I'm not going to say it's easy, but, you know, it's 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 
less involved in writing a book. It's accessible. Yeah. <laughs> it is, right. You know, and, and so now you're taking it, now you're you're going, and then you go up a little bit further. Well, okay, let me get involved with this, this magazine. Okay, mm-hmm. now you're there. Well, let me just go ahead and write my own book. Are, do you think that you're going to progress in that way? I mean, are we going to get uh, an Aaron D's documentary? I mean, what, are you going to lecture? Do you want to lecture at places? Oh, I would love to. Yeah, I will, I will go anywhere i'm invited um (laughs) there is a there is a film company that will be in texas later this year um possibly producing a possible film on this possible topic uh and i will possibly be appearing in that film so i'm really excited about that but yeah man I'm, i'm down for whatever one day obviously i would like to do this stuff full time um i have a fairly successful career doing something that is entirely unrelated to the paranormal but you know given the choice i would do this stuff full-time absolutely so yeah man like i'm I'm here for it anything i can do to be involved in this community further the research put the information out there i'm here for it yeah i think it's great i'm super excited to see everything that you do Thank uh, because you. you're clearly very knowledgeable i think you're open-minded enough um but you th- you have the critical thinking skill to not get wrapped up in some of the bullshit that's out there so thank you i try <laughs> try to just stick with the monsters yeah you're doing a good job um you know that's i i guess that's that's really um what i was trying to say is that i, I think that you you are going to do a lot of really great things and I, thank i'm you. excited i'm excited for you <laughs> thank you i'm i'm excited too thank you you know but mostly that. i'm excited because i want it to be content that that i like and enjoy um you know and and so <laughs> there's that because i just i don't know some of the stuff you get bored with the same old people and i just i love seeing the fresh faces and the new perspectives and Mm. um you know i I think it's i think it's great and i think it's great that you're able to you know bridge the gap between some of these things and you know as somebody and and i just just because i know you personally i know some of your thoughts on some of the stuff you know again i am i'm surprised i am surprised that you're taking the dogman angle and and you know making it terrestrial i think that is that speaks volumes to show that you are serious about the actual research and the information. Thank you. And that's important. You know, we I think, that. I think that's necessary. We get, uh, I love the woo woo stuff. I love the Guga, but you know, we have to approach this stuff scientifically. And I say that as a person without a scientific background, you know, I just watched sure. a lot of history or watched a lot of history and discovery channel when I was a kid. So like, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I feel like if we approach this stuff purely from a, uh, inexplicable you know supernatural perspective we're not going to get anywhere because we're, we're going to miss out on stories and we're going to miss out on scientific input so thank you yeah. thank you absolutely pato did you have anything else that you want to ask no <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's not an insolent no that's just a no <laughs> i'm gonna stop asking you at the end of the show you, you, you guys gave me a lot of space to to talk this out so thank you thank you very much <laughs> i'm glad I, I hope we covered the gist of everything i mean we don't want to give everything away we want people to buy your book you know so that's <laughs> yes, please do i have a, a child coming please buy it <laughs> <laughs> and kids are expensive we know they are. um Okay, well, where can people find all of your things that you do? Yeah, I am most active on Instagram under uh, hey underscore strangeness. Um, That's where I post most of my stuff, whether it's book reviews or just the paranormal thing I saw that week. Um, And I'm always involved with Paranormality Magazine, uh, paranormalitymag.com. We have the Paranormal Podcast Awards, the second annual, uh, coming up on October 30th, so you won't want to miss that. And then... um, yeah, this is my two main my two main things. Yeah, that's where I'm at. 
Paranormality <laughs> Magazine and Instagram primarily. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. And I, I don't think you have anything scheduled as far as physical appearances go because of baby. Yeah, no. All all my all the energy I have left is going to preparing to be a dad and I have no clue what I'm doing. So I, I don't know about any physical appearances. I'm hoping to run the convention circuit next year and be at Cryptid Bash and Cryptid Con and the Mothman Festival. Sure. But I don't know, man. Life is chaos. So we'll yeah. see. That's, <laughs> that's what makes it beautiful. All right. Well, I suppose with that being said, guys, check out Aaron D's and all the fun things that he does because he does lots of fun and great things. Um, and give him your money because he needs it because his child hey, needs it. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. I always love speaking with you. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, always. Hey, Thanks no for problem. coming on. Yeah, we, we love it. So, all right, guys. Well, with that being said, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. <laughs>